You're listening to a 9to5.cc podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Go Plug Yourself. We've been talking to awesome people in Montreal since 2011. Just a friendly reminder that if you're going to be buying anything on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca, or Zazzle.com, uh, go to 9to5.cc first and click the links at the bottom or in the sidebar so that we get a bit of that money. Uh, f- also, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and enjoy the show. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, you plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, go plug another plugger. Go plug yourself, it's Walter and Keith talking on the internet. I wrong one time, and that was years ago. Did you really? Yeah, no, not really. Red Skelton. We had Red Skelton on. Red Just... Yep. We had uh, Mordecai Richler, right. Jimmy Durante, talked about his first book. Yeah, yeah, it's good times, good stuff. Walter, what's up? Uh, here we are, back on Bishop Street. Back on Bishop Street. We're n- happiness as, as, lives as, as opposed to the artificial Bishop Street of Jamaica. Was there a Bishop Street in Jamaica? Well, no, but when we were, it was raining and we were drunk and we were singing karaoke. Oh yeah, and it was kind of like Bishop Street, right? <laughs> it <laughs> so felt like Bishop. Street. It was sort of it in was that in that I was performing karaoke and I was getting free drinks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It was a Bishop Street of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's, that's it. And, beautiful. and then Walter and I spent some time at a Jamaican dance hall. Sean, nice. Sean have you always lived in Montreal? No, no, moved to Montreal about three years ago. Three years ago. Three years. Three years Lifelong ago. dream. And 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 has like uh, Bishop Street been much of a hot spot for you or it not? Is so not. Much? Not really. It eh? really hasn't. I, First I, I understand down the old why. Port yeah. And coming up here was like it's yeah. uphill. It's uphill. There's a, there's a great big divide. There's some parkland in the middle. Some yeah. government buildings. There's like a highway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's so, not a, it's not an easy like jaunt. Just no. Like, and now I'm up at Mile End, so to come down here is it's the same problem. But so you're like a Mile End guy. I, I am now. You yeah. made the trek all the way down here today just for this? On my bike, even. Oh, my Lord. Right? It's oh. a nice bike here. Thank, yes. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rough a, bike home. It's a fine ride here. It's, yeah, <laughs> going home is, yeah. I, well, I, I, live, I, I live in, uh, in Point St. Charles. Okay. And I, I work. Uh, I have no idea where that is. Really? No. <laughs> do you know where the Atwater People say things to me all the time. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, Verdun. Yeah, yeah, for I know sure, exactly yeah, yeah. where Verdun is. Do you know where the Atwater Market is? I do, yes. Okay, so yeah. I live about five minutes from the Atwater Market. South? Like walking. In, he's in, he's in, he lives in the produce stand. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, south yeah. of Atwater is Verdun. Yeah, but I live, I, I live east of the Atwater Market. I'm so, right on the water. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. further along then. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I'm a little bit closer outside. closer to downtown, but east of the Atwater Market. But yeah, I bike home all the time because right. it's downhill. It's like, sure. wee, right. you just get yes. all the way home. And then like, I do not bike to work. <laughs> <laughs> I take the metro to work. Right. And then well, I you end bu- up finding shortcuts, right? Yeah. Like this, if you, if you go up like the street... That like takes you off Indigo. This is how I know Montreal. You know the one off Indigo that takes you up to McGill. I don't know. The one off, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. That's a. But there's there's no hill there. There's a weird imbalance in the way that the hills are built in this city, Mm -hmm. where you know you go like thirty feet to the left or right. All of a sudden, there's a mountain in front of you. We just we discovered uh, after going to a bar near our house, uh, which was about I would say maybe like a ten minute walk. Yeah. We discovered that it was actually about a. Three four minute walk from because like, it was like the, the obvious choice was to go like down one main street and then go down the other main right. street that it was on. But it right. turned out there was like a back road that almost was like a straight line. But if you Separate crawl path. under a fence, <laughs> even, you get there even, like, super quick. Knock four times. <laughs> Sarah was like, "I'm going the way I know." Sarah's my wife, and mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, babe." And I was home like seriously like ten minutes before her. She was like, well, "How did you get here so fast?" I was like, "Because it's a straight line. There's yeah. a secret path." Yeah. Walter, who's our guest today? Today uh, we're discussing our, our, the our geographically geography. Our geographically. Our local geography challenge guest today is none other uh, than uh, filmmaker and screenwriter and all around bon vivant, 
Sean K. Rob. I'll take that. Sean K. Rob. Sean. Hello, K. everybody. Rob. Sean K. Rob. And, and not our, a native of Montreal. We found out. No, not a native. No anglophone. And our, our pre-interview. Oh, you can be an anglophone and be a native of Montreal. Yes, like, I, sort so, of. So, so you know, that's that's that's, that's the deal yeah, with me. But not yeah. so much with Keith because you're off island. But I was born on island. Well, who cares? But you can probably jump into like. Le Francais like that, like yeah, not yeah. well though, not very well. Uh, I, I, I do all right, not really. I think what what Montreal <laughs> anglophones consider like like poor French right. is what like somebody like me considers like an um, like a miraculous sort of like right. dexterity with the language. Where are you? Where are you from originally? Sean? Well, the small towns okay. around Toronto, small towns, and then Toronto for like twenty years. Okay. So, 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 and you made the, the and the lifelong dream was to come to Montreal. What took you so? Long? I wouldn't say it was, yes. I mean, I'd always <laughs> said if there were, if I was going to live anywhere else in the country, it would be Montreal. Having visited a couple times, it's right. got a, you know a romantic sort of ambiance. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful town, a lot of culture. I didn't like Vancouver, so this was the place. If I were, ever was going to wind up someplace else, I'd be here. What did you not like about Vancouver? Oh God, it's just it's so disappointing. I'd read all these Douglas <laughs> Copeland novels, and I had this idea that you know I, I would travel out there, and I, this a piece would. To be, would I mean, to be, me. to be completely honest, yeah, Douglas Copeland novels never made me never made me like overly <laughs> eager to go to the West Coast. Like, I was young. I, mean, I, I like I like Douglas Copeland. But. Sure, it's, it's nice. I find right. it's nice to see the mountains in the background. Yes, like, like that. Like oh, I they're mean, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Outside of. <laughs> Whatever's going on in the city, yeah. it's kind of nice to like look out and be like on any any angle. You yeah, can, but like, that's kind of like CGI in a movie, right? Yeah, like exactly. it's, it's it's nice to look at, but it's not. That's and, not the whole. And they're story. not really attainable gonna... either. You're mm. like you still need like a car and a long drive sure. and like a bunch of money to go there and but have any nice fun to there. see in the horizon. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's yeah, it's but yeah. it's a rainy, miserable town where like no building is higher than three stories, and <laughs> I just I don't know. I was disappointed by Vancouver. And yeah, I'm not not a big fan of Vancouver. I think it's it's nice, and I've had highly overrated. It has very, like I said, the mountains and stuff are nice, but that's not really what the city's got going right. on. Like, you have to leave the city to get to the, the cool stuff. Right. But I don't know why I'm picking a fight with Vancouver, because mm. it's been like 15, 16 years since I was there. But you're still you're still salty about it. I just, I just, yeah. I, I was there four or five years ago. <laughs> yes, and I'm it was still, still salty. Was I was really disappointed yeah. with Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> um, worse than Vancouver. Did you go to Victoria while you were out there? Victoria, I liked. Really? Victoria, I thought was lovely. I, I like Victoria a lot, too. I did not enjoy Beautiful Victoria town. Whatsoever. Maybe, I mean, the sun was shining. There's an ocean. There's... Kind of feels like we're like a, like a murder mystery could go completely yeah. ignored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it feels yeah. like H.P. Lovecraft is like alive, <laughs> yeah. alive and well in Victoria. Like, I got, it's a little I, too idyllic. The worst was uh, what? What? It's not the Frontenac. What is it? Uh, what's the old hotel there? I don't know, Frontenac sounds right. No, no, Frontenac's in Quebec City. It's the same. Uh, it's the same architect as the Frontenac. I thought every old hotel in Canada was called, called the Frontenac. Frontenac. Yeah, Did you right, just say it's right. the same architect? Yeah. Expecting that to be how you jog people's <laughs> memories. I swear to God, it has the same architect. <laughs> the same guy that built the Frontenac my tongue. made a Victoria. I think it's the it's the Queen something. Yeah, whatever, probably whatever. But I, the uh, Queen Frontenac. Yeah, I, I was I was there for work, and we were staying. The they put us up there, right. and like just every morning that castley place is like enshrouded in fog, yeah. and you're in Victoria, and yeah. I was like, and I'm about to like. Spiral into madness. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Very my hound m- of the Baskervilles. Yeah, exactly. My yeah. mind is just going to completely go crazy, and I'm right. just going to kill people. Yeah, now, fair enough. Uh, part of our like we don't we don't always do pre-interviews with sure. with the guests, sure. and but but my pre-interview we did we did do a brief one did today. We? I and, I, and I wasn't involved. You weren't there. Yeah. It, it took <laughs> I didn't even realize it was happening. You it took so place. Gentle. It took place from the uh, uh, from, on the way from the bar to this back room here. Right. And and I said to Sean, I was like, so how do we know each other again? Right. Because my short-term memory is completely shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm gonna. I'm, I've been trying to, as we've been talking here, I've been ahead. trying to like go back. Now, 
And I, there was so there was one time where I saw you at a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, when I was on mushrooms. Yeah, well, which, balls. Well, why shouldn't you? That's the only way to do a Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> that's show. so good. But yeah. before that, and then yeah. there was, and then, but we also, I also know that you, I think you did some script writing for uh, uh, CMJ. Yeah. So you did yeah. some for the CMJ production, yeah. a local uh, TV production, production company here. Very much of American but but TV. I swear to God, there was a way. What, did you ever see me uh, announcing wrestling? Yeah, at, yeah. At IWS. I was the host of the I- IWS. There it is, and I think yeah. I think that's where we. Yeah, had, had a really nice blazer with yeah. big marijuana leaves. All yeah, over well, it. no, it was regular leaves. Oh, like, a lot they? of people think it's a weed jacket, but it's oh, not. Yeah. They're not. I was under the impression. So that's that. that's when you met me. I've, I've right. seen I've seen it a dozen times, and I'm right there with you. Yeah, I totally was under the impression. My wife would not have bought that for me had she thought that it was marijuana leaves. Then your wife? It's just tropical foliage. Your wife's a mark. So Sean, yeah, so, yeah. and then, so like, so but I saw you through that, and then also, like, at, uh, at some comedy show or other, I came to see David Hetty, and you were there. Yeah, and, so and I would so just, so, yeah. Overlap, and, yeah, 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 across yeah, yeah. the number yeah. paths. Yeah, so, so Sean and I are best friends, essentially. Cause, yeah, Very I mean, good as, friends. As soon as you're, like, as soon Take as you're... Take care of his children when he's out of town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, as soon as you're, like, your writer. Yeah. Yeah. Into wrestling. Into yeah. wrestling. You're Walter's best friend. Well, Boom. there you go. Done. Right. <laughs> so much, so <laughs> much to talk about. It boils down to a vaguely articulate wrestling fan. And it's like, oh, I found another one. <laughs> now let's spend three hours talking about the Usos yeah. and what they're doing right. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And hey, cheers. Cheers, Sean. Cheers. Thank you for coming out. And, and Sean does in fact have things to plug. He's not just here because, uh. Well, I thought we were just going to talk wrestling again. No, but that's our other podcast. And, and, and and thanks. And double thanks to you because this was originally scheduled for Monday. Right. And I pulled the old switcheroo. I forgot all about it. And you still made it out anyway, so thank you very much. Yeah. That was, that was Keith's fault, by the way. Well, sure. Yeah, I got real hazy in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah. This is what happened. Happen. Keith and I just came. We're just in Jamaica last week. Yeah. So, so how long were you there for? Seven days. Yeah, seven yeah, days. Just a, about just a week. Um, on just Montego North Bay. Of, run, Runaway North Bay, Montego which is Bay, just Runaway, Bay. Runaway Bay, which is you know the the airport is Montego Bay. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. So like about a forty-five minute drive from the airport. So what was the resort like? I see nice. the resort. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fine. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 Neither of you sound like you're in love with it. I like, no, it was good. I, I mean, like, I've done, like, I've done it like three, that was the third time I've done the resort vacation and, like, the food was decent. There was no Th- shortage. This particular resort? Yeah. Oh, wow. No, no, no not the same resort. Eh. You just mean, re- no, 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 God, no, no. I've done, I've done the resort experience right. three times. Once right. in Dominican Republic, which was terrible. Yeah. Once in, in, uh, Mexico for a friend's wedding, which was alright. And yeah. this one, which was, I'll be fully honest, uh, the reason why I like this one so much was because, um, Easily accessible. Easily accessible. <laughs> very friendly bar staff yeah. that would just really wanted to make your stay yeah. the best. That sounds great. And, you and know, having, having through any kind of cocktails and <laughs> or whatever other accoutrements. <laughs> accoutrements. <laughs> are you really? Are you really like mincing and yes, like, like really t- is. tiptoeing around well, what you know. did in Jamaica? Well, it's already denied the weed jacket. So it seems like <laughs> no, I have no weed jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know they had weed in Jamaica. No one told me once. Oh, well, Walter's going straight. Yeah, no, 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 and and I will say that this have, is after uh, the, this is after the last episode we recorded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, but the um, I the wife and I we yeah. have a membership at a resort down in Mexico. You have a membership a at a resort. Membership at a resort. They got taken. I, just, <laughs> I think I think they fully got taken. It was like the, the it's like a timeshare situation. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Like on an honest to goodness, Marks. it probably would have been. But yeah. it was like so like they're they're doing their pitch and they're trying to sell yeah. us on this membership, yeah. and we're like, uh, my wife's cousin's a travel agent. And you're like, tell us more. No, my wife's cousin's a travel okay. agent, and we're like, like straight up, you cannot give yeah. us a better deal right. than the travel agent because right. we're getting. Friend of travel agent prices. We the told them what we, what we paid, yeah. and they were like, they called bullshit on us. We like took out our phones and showed them the receipt. We're like, no, 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 this is totally what we paid, and they were like, we'll beat that. And then we're like, 
okay, sure. And like, and when we've, we've talked to like other people and they're like, oh no, you pay a lot less than we do. Like, I guess some guy had to make quota. But you like the resort enough. This, this is, this is my this only, is, yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is my yeah. confusion. See, here's the thing. I've been, I love resorts. Okay. Like, I also love traveling. I think there's something great about just seeing yeah. the world, yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing how other people live. For sure. Blah, blah, blah. But there's something also very, I find like sort of meditative. Oh, it's, going it's, to a it's very different. It's like it's, 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 it's you're, you're unplugging from reality. Exactly. It's like a Disney World for adults. It's swimming up to bars at yeah. 9 a.m. Exactly. And, and, yeah, and yeah. starting off the day with a kick. And, oh. and, and, and I, that's what I enjoy about it. But I, that said, I rarely go back to a resort more than once. Oh, I would go – I would literally – this one in Jamaica. Yeah. It was a good one. I would have still preferred going to the one that we go to in Mexico. Right. Like uh, I'd go there again and eight. So so it's like just a, so perfect. The Mexico was better than the, the Jamaica. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Well, but there's a few things that it has going for it. One, right. uh, now this is an advertising <laughs> for this resort. Uh, like it has this a, the whole point of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> go, go plug your all-inclusive <laughs> plug resort that Keith. you've been to. <laughs> but yeah, no, it has a huge, huge beach. You gotta yeah, stop saying like, bay yeah. You're like every time bay you say yeah. but yeah, you're getting closer and closer bay to yeah. sounding like your very Italian wife. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's only a matter of time, yeah. I think. Huge beach. Yeah. Uh, there's a, a reef, like a coral reef to go snorkeling off of, off okay. the beach directly. So, Lovely. which is usually, and we've, to- we spoke to like other like tour guides and stuff, and they were like, before the resorts came up, this is one of those reefs they'd bring you on the catamaran. But now the resorts right there. My wife and I both like snorkeling. So like, we'll Beautiful. wake up every morning, go snorkeling. There's turtles there. Like, it's not just like garbage reef. It's like good. Good amount of aquatic of life going yeah, on. Yeah, I never, I never went, explored enough around the the grounds or the there, waters. There was not of any reefs in Jamaica whatsoever. No, not really. It's on. It's. Uh, it was like just they kind of had a stone wall in Jamaica, and then it was like dropped off into the ocean, so okay. it wasn't the same right. situation. Uh, the a la carts, the food is really good at yeah. the one in Mexico. Nice. The a la carts were kind of iffy. I found the buffet was really good in Jamaica. The buffet right. was better than the Mexican one. Right. But staff super friendly. Uh, also, I like the fact that you're. In Mexico, you're closer to a bunch of like historical stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, so you could do like a day trip. We to like see the Aztec pyramids, sure, or whatever. So it's like there's more stuff to do around the resort, like culturally, kind yeah, of yeah. around the resort. So you get a sense of the country, and you're not as just opposed to sitting by the pool all day. Yeah, exactly. That's right. It. So that just those, those couple of things, and I'm just like, Bip. I was like, I don't mind coming back here, and also the membership. If we want to, there's. I think they have another one in Mexico. They have one on the east coast of Mexico. Okay. And they also have one in Dominican, and I think they're opening one in Cuba. So so what was the appeal of the Jamaican place if the, 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 that you picked then? They were friends of friends of theirs that were getting married, and then, uh, we, just, and then, we, just, and then we just hopped on the We trip, all kind of so just jumped like, on yeah, board yeah. with the, the situation. And I'd never been to Jamaica before. Have you ever been to Jamaica, Sean? Yeah. I went to a resort there called Hedonism 3. You went to Hedonism? Twice. We were talking about Hedonism. Is that right? Yeah. It what? was uh, Hed- yeah. Hedonistic. 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 It is. It is. It is everything that you imagine hedonism will be. Because my wife, my imagine wife was just like reclining, like naked and being fed grapes. My, my, yeah, <laughs> while well, uh, stoned out of your gourd. It's, <laughs> that's literally all people do there. My wife was laughing because on the way back our, our, we saw our resort had a nude beach. We, well, part yeah. of it was a nude beach, but like my wife was like, she, we were on the way back in the airport. And it was a very conservative looking couple, like in yeah. you know maybe like in their fifties or whatnot, and you know polo shirts and stuff, and like just looking like you know your your, your mom and dad and yeah. stuff, and and <laughs> the polo shirts were like the hedonism you know. resort. So was, and what's the story with that? Is, is is that like a nude beach or is that like a well? What it was? Okay, so I guess there's also hedonism three. There's a hedo three and a hedo two. I went to hedo three, degrees, which no hedonism? longer exists. No, just separate places. Okay, there is no <laughs> hedo sort of like, one. What, what what level hedonism? Are you? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah, you gotta sort of judge. You gotta calibrate yeah. before you leave, like what you think you're prepared yeah, yeah. for. There was never a hedo one. There was a hedonism in the seventies that they built at like the I guess the the the, the height of that sort of like sex club era. You right. know the free love seventies. 
Um, like, then like, think they, Studio 54. Yeah. Now make it an all-inclusive resort. Exactly. <laughs> then they rebuilt it and called it Hedo 2. Okay. And then at some point in the 90s, they were doing so well, they were like, let's make a Hedo 3. So it was the, the newest, fanciest, most like... Uh, I don't know. It's just it was it was it was, it was gorgeous, and it really was. So there's <laughs> an, there there were so there were three areas of of Hito three. There's like the main grounds okay. where you have to remain clothed, where you find your restaurants, right. your 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 lawn darts and buffets bocce balls, and yeah, your buffets. Then there was like the semi or like the optional pool slash beach. Okay, where you know if you wanted to be naked, that's up to you. You can totally do that, okay. but there's no expectation or onus on you to do that. Yeah. Then there was the nude pool slash nude beach, where like nude, it's like like calling it nude is a bit like calling like like Hustler like a nude magazine. Like <laughs> it's technically true, right. but it doesn't begin to describe what's actually going on. So like, people are just like out and out boning at the pool, fucking everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> fucking everywhere. I'm like without exaggeration, I saw a woman in the middle of the afternoon, and God bless her, and I don't say there's any judgment whatsoever. But a woman in the middle of the afternoon at the swim up bar on a stool, um, like, and there were at least like she was she was having what I would consider sex with at least seven or eight guys. Holy shit! Middle of the afternoon at the bar. Wow. <laughs> the best thing that they did. Here's the See, best. I don't feel that that would be relaxing. It's not <laughs> relaxing in the traditional sense. Although you do sleep very well afterwards. There, there was, well, maybe there was, not her. There was a game that they would play every afternoon at 3 p.m. I'll never games. forget this. A pool game. <laughs> so there was a fountain in the middle of the nude pool. And this fellow who led all the games, a young man who, who worked there named Romeo, uh-huh, who like looked like a, a combination of like Lil Wayne and 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 – I don't know, Ja Rule. He just he had he had dreads. He was a very handsome man, an eight pack. He led all the games. Women loved him, so he would like sort of corral everyone. Hey, everyone, we're gonna play whatever the game was. I forget. He, I'm sure he had a name for it. But he had a big bottle of rum cream. So what he would do is he would bring all the couples that wanted to play onto this little island in the middle of the pool. Island had a fountain in the middle. You can imagine the sort of swim up island. I mean, he would then get the women to all sit around, sort of butt cheek to butt cheek. In a circle mm-hmm. facing outwards from sure. the pool with him in the middle. Mm-hmm. Big bottle of rum cream. He would shake it up. He would get the men, their partners presumably, to stand between their, their, their knees. And then he would go around the circle just sort of pouring it out over the, the, the breasts of the naked women who were sitting on this island. Middle of the pool, rum cream just being dumped into the water. all over, And then he would just – he would command the men, you know, go ahead. Now it's time to, like, clean off. I've had it. The winner is the man who cleans off the breasts of his female partner first. Sure, fair. This would go on for about, like, two or three minutes. Lots of laughter, good times. He would then ask everyone to switch places. So the men were now sitting butt cheek to butt cheek around this island while the women stood between them. took another bottle of rum cream, and he would proceed to then pour it out over the I don't know if this is a family show, but no, the, no it's really not. At this point, it's not. Yes, the genitalia of the men sitting <laughs> right. around. That's where I figured this was going. Which would launch <sighs> then a blowjob competition wow. in the middle of the pool, three <laughs> o'clock shit. every single afternoon. You'd coordinate. You'd be on the other side of the resort. You'd be like, "Well, you know, it's, it's we just <laughs> the BJ finished, comp is in We finished up lunch, but the BJ goes. Do you want to do the beach volleyball, or do you want to make, make it in time for the BJ competition? Holy crap! What's yeah. nothing I've yeah, ever see, seen. I, I, I can. Like, are these like amazingly expensive places to go to, or is Hito, it? Hito wasn't cheap, but I'll tell you why. I'll tell you how I got the great Hito deal. Uh huh. A little thing <laughs> called nine eleven. We traveled. <laughs> <laughs> 
We traveled in September of 2002. And I don't know if you remember what the world was like in 2002. Scared. People weren't flying a whole lot. So a lot of resorts were, like, having trouble attracting customers, attracting people to come. And so they they offered us just a tremendous deal. We literally, I think, like, paid for the flight and then got this, like, amazing room on the beach, you know, all-inclusive, everything else. And then while we were there, similar to you and your timeshare, they said, you know, we're desperate for people to come back next year. If you buy your trip now, we'll give you a trip next year, the exact same deal, yep. but, but with, a, with a discount. Right. And so we're like, here's your money. We're, we'll, we'll be back next year. Sign us up. I can't help but think of that. What was that iconic George W. Bush speech there where he, where he told people, go out, spend money, yeah. enjoy yourselves, exactly. go for the, the BJ competition live, and, and pool. Live, <laughs> live life as you would. As you would. <laughs> right. BJ competition at 3 o'clock every day in the pool. It wow. was it was shocking <laughs> the, what, yeah. the things that I saw while I was there. But that's I'd it. I cannot, never encountered I, I it just, before. I just I I just cannot visualize being right. able to put up with that for like seven days. <laughs> like, well, I mean, you do need like you know you do need to take some time away. You're just sort of like today I'm skipping the beach. Yeah, I'm gonna go sit on the beach and just sort of recover a little bit. It's, yeah. It was the pool area where all the action was happening. Yeah, but it was. It lived up to the name. It lived up to the reputation. It was wow. far and away the most and it, audacious. So how? My my concern. I didn't head to the nude beach on in no, Jamaica. No, none of us. Went. Uh, no, 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 no. Andrew and some of his buddies went. Oh yeah. And they said it was not very enjoyable. They went. Did they go? Did they go nude? No, they didn't go nude. They, so they, they were just the creeps walking people, around. Yeah, the worst people on the nude beach are the people that don't get well, naked. Just walking fair, around. They didn't, they didn't hang out. They they they, they like they took. Didn't hang out. out. Right, the ones that just sort of wander through, yeah. looking awkward. They're the worst. They're the worst. Well, because that's it. And like and and the wife. Are we calling out Andrew on this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, but and because because my wife kind of wanted yeah. some some amount of scope because she sure. likes she's Italian yeah she would like to bathe topless she right. doesn't want to necessarily go bottomless she just takes tan lines very reasonable and so she was like what's the what's the deal and Andrew and his nobody buddy would were do just it like, no but not just nobody would do it there were a bunch of naked people but they were all the people you did not want yeah to see I, naked. I I imagine I could and that I, yeah. and that's kind of my concern I got that about, impression from that that's my so concern it was one of these about deals. spending thousands of dollars and going to a place called Hito Three right Is but in this thing like, in this case the, yeah. the the nude beach only had like a like a very small access point off of like the the, the last bar on the reg- on the part yeah, of the regular right. resort and then and then like I just kinda like looked through the entrance point one day yeah. and saw that there was like a big fucking gate closed across it. I'm like, small entrance, closed gate, <laughs> the beach is closed off and I'm like, it's nothing I want to see. I'm there like, I don't know, no, I'm gonna pass. Yeah. I will say that the remarkable thing about hedonism, because it was sort of geared in that like it wasn't just a thing that's tucked away in the corner way off of right. the main yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you're going there you're kind of hoping and expecting and looking for that sort yeah. of experience. Right. So the the, the 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 gamut, the diversity, the range of human beings who are curious about that or are interested in that is actually it's vast. It's and it's everyone from young people to old people, attractive people to less attractive people. You know, the human body it takes all sorts of different forms, right. including you know the very attractive, right. and also including people who yeah you might rather not. <laughs> But you there's know, some people I don't want to see in a blowjob competition. Sure, I'm not gonna lie. sure, but you know what? There's, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think at a certain point you become a bit. I don't want to say numb because that sound, makes it sound like it's a bad thing, but you do sort of like become a bit more at peace with the idea that hey, we're all just, no, you know, yeah. we're all just in these meat sacks, and some meat sacks we find more attractive mm-hmm. than others. Yeah, and you lose the judginess a little bit. An amazing thing happens. I spent a lot of time in but nude beaches that, and nude bars. And I feel whatnot. like it would kind of normalize. Right? Yeah, that's exactly where, where, where what happens. Like, where it it doesn't even matter who's, who's hot or who's not hot. Right. Just, like, the, it would just sort of, like... You, when you it remove would stop the barriers... On, it would stop being pornographic. Exactly. And it would become just sort of like, oh, this is a couple having fun. 
we all know that the clothes that we wear and the ways that we style ourselves and how we choose to present ourselves sends out signals to the rest of the world right. about who we are. And when you take somebody out of that, well, rather, when you take everybody out of that and you don't have that anymore, so everybody's hair is wet and slicked back, yeah. right? And everybody's, like, not wearing any clothes or expensive jewelry, then all of a sudden, yeah, it's it becomes a lot more normalized. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean... I don't know that you can normalize a BJ competition in a pool. <laughs> but, I mean, if you do it every day at 3, maybe you can. <laughs> at a certain point, <laughs> it just becomes what happens at 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. Now, what and were the uh, what were the daycare facilities like? <laughs> is there well, a little is a kitty Thankfully, pool? they had a very, very strict no kids. Oh, I see. Which okay. I now, I mean, I went to a resort in Cuba just uh, a few months ago, and and we we insisted that we only go to a place that has like no kids yeah. policy. I, I do not want to be on vacation with children running around screaming. Yeah, I would say that the you I paid for like this a tiny upgrade to be on the no kids side right. of the of the resort. Totally and worth it. Was it. Like, and every now and then, like a couple mornings, uh, we would just be like, you know what, we're just not going to the main pool. We're just going to stay at the adults yep. only pool. Yep. Not for any like debaucherous reasons. No. Just a, I don't want kids around. When I was at, when I was Who in Cuba, there many kids around. Uh, though, there. Uh, there were some. Yeah. When it, I was it, in it, Cuba, there were like there was a no under fifteen rule. And towards the end of our stay, a couple of kids showed up who were like around fifteen, sixteen, yeah. and immediately, even though there was only a handful of them, yeah, just like. I was just like, I'm ready to go. They're running around the pool screaming, yelling, playing basketball, and it's like, I don't need that. I'm here to relax. Exactly. But, I mean, at the same time, though, like, plenty of adults are loud man children also. Yeah, but children tend to be worse. I'm also just old and curmudgeonly, so I just, you know. <laughs> I so, I'm very uh, firm in this. So this is I, I Keith and Walter relate to the common our man. All, all Re- relating to the common segment. man with our talk of, of luxurious resorts in the Caribbean. All right. So, uh, what, what? What are you here to plug? I oh, guess. Jesus! I yeah. guess I mean like we can keep talking, but I, I'd feel I'd feel remiss if we didn't. Uh, we should yeah, we forget to the plug part. Yeah, plug, yeah. Plug, plug, plug. Uh, you know, I mean, Walter said I needed something to plug, so I I, I, I thought, didn't say you needed something. No, no, no. Well, you seem like that we was the gimmick. Strongly encouraged. Listen, <laughs> right. I'll tell you. We've had some I'll, very tenuous, I'll you know, you plugging of our show. Sure, let's hear. We lure you here, right? With the idea of plugging, the idea of plugging your thing, and then we talk about whatever's on our mind. I like that. Like that's nice little bait and switch. Yeah, that's what we do. Often we kind of make it all the way to the end, and we're like, oh crap, what's your thing, and then. Right, like and then you got to plug it. right in at the end. But right. I'm here to plug my movie is so what long. I'm here to plug. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. It used to be about the rock and roll. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so you have a movie. I have a movie. Right. I have a movie. It, I mean, it's, you know, and, and even that feels like a weird thing to say because the movie's been done for a couple of years now. Okay. But you still have it. But I still have it, <laughs> and it just got released, like, in the UK, like, in January, so that's recent enough. That seems... It's a feature? It's a feature film. Okay. Uh, it got released uh, in North America uh, last year through this American company. Okay. Um, but I haven't, you know, but I mean, okay, so here's, here's the weird thing. I watched half of it the other day, like literally two days ago for the first time in, I'm going to say a couple of years, right? Okay, like it's wow. been like, even as it was getting released and I got like, they sent me like 10 copies of it on DVD yeah. and it's like, I'm all excited, handing them out to people. I still didn't sit down and watch it because having been through the process of making yeah. it over five years, I've seen this goddamn movie so many Is, times. Are we talking about Scars now? Talking about Scars. Scars, yeah. yes. It's probably given title, yeah. Scars, If I'm yes. going to plug something, it's important to... Scars, S-C-A-R-S, <laughs> yes. Sean is here to plug Untitled Movie. <laughs> untitled Project. Yeah, exactly. Yet to be titled Project in the film. UK. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I watched, I watched it again uh, the other day um, just because I was reminded of it. Um, and, and, and hey, so I watched that movie? It. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Let's watch I, I that. I made a film. I yeah. should, I should probably, yeah. Well, now what was the bit. process? Like, how did that happen? Like, so you wrote this script and then you, you got sold or what? How, how'd that work out? I had, 
Okay, so I had a writing partner of a, of a sort of producing partner. We'd gone through the National Screen Institute's television development program. Shannon Forder, great woman. Couldn't have made the movie without her. She and I had done this entire process. We got to Banff. We were pitching networks on this um, a one-hour drama. Um, nobody bit because it's Canada, and they don't make one-hour dramas unless it's like set on a ranch somewhere. Right. And so uh, we, we went through this whole process of developing a script, developing this project, trying to sell it. Nothing happened. By the end of it, super frustrated and just wanted to make something. We were right. ready to make it. Couldn't make it. So I, I went to her, and I literally just said, what if we got – because we both work in television – what if we just found everyone that we know who works in TV but would love to make a film and would be willing to, you know, just throw in a bit of time and let's just make a movie? And it was really like that old sort of like Mickey Rooney, Judy Garland, like let's let's put on a show kind yeah. of idea, right? Like that was sort of <laughs> – and I'd had like this, this side writing gig that had like cost me very little time but made me a good little bit of change that I'd sort of kept separate in its own little savings account. Right. So I had basically about – I mean, without exact, like $10,000. And I was like, let's make a movie right. with this. And so we Robert did. Robert Rodriguez style. It's exactly. <laughs> and I read his book. I was yeah, looking yeah. for, like, motivation. How do you do it? And so it was really that. We started holding meetings, just the two of us, same bar, every single Wednesday. And as we did, the table would just grow and grow and grow. And within about six months, we had a crew of, depending on who was able to make it, somewhere between 20 and 30 people. We had an entire cast. We auditioned actors. Um, and, and so we, yeah, we got this like amazing, like we were shooting on like the red camera, which at the time was like the most yeah technically, yeah. you know, advanced yeah. thing. We First time I was on a set and I saw a red camera, I almost yeah. shit myself. They were like, this is what they <laughs> made, what was it? This is what they made the social network with. And I was like, get the fuck out. Yeah, I was like, this I is real. Know. This is real. I used to go around saying, this is the camera they used for the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this yeah, you can, you can make the Lord of the Rings with it. <laughs> you can also make a lot of other things with yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we got all this stuff for free. People just donated their equipment, donated their time. We see, paid for what we had to pay for. See, Walter, he's likable. And we made a movie. That's why we don't get free things. No, we're very likable. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Walter and I would get nothing for free. Be like, you we never off. ask. We never we ask. Never That's ask. the we problem. Ask more. We should yeah. ask more. It's and about then, the asking. It really is. So you got that together, and then like, and that was done. I guess kind of like we uh, shot it over about like five or six weeks. Did you get investors, or what, was, what kind of? Budget uh, were some we people doing? did invest. Yeah. yeah, some people that came on board did invest. But yeah. by and large, we just got all of our locations for like fifty bucks. Right. Um, we did everything like. What's was, a fifty dollar location? What, oh how God, does that, like what, we, what we is we got a, we got a, hard, a hardware store. That you, gotta, just, you just slip them a 50 and you're like, can we do this? Slip them a 50 and they opened it up for us at like 9 in the morning. And we got it there. We shot and like, now we got a hardware store, you know? Yeah, I'll um, bet. Yeah. I'm like, I, when I think about it, I'm like 100%. If, see, bet. the thing yeah. is I would never work in Montreal because they know there's so many productions here <laughs> right. that they know they can get top dollars for renting out their shit. That, yeah. So it's like, but, yeah, that would never pass. But like, that's yeah. about, like, I feel like if, if we like – if we wanted to make like a a horror film or whatever else like that, we would literally just drive like two hours north, right? Go to the woods. Go, go to the woods, but then like those little towns, like those little mm-hmm. little. Oh cottage, yeah, there's, there's a lot of weird shit up there. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot like, of weird. A hundred bucks in your pocket would yeah. buy you five locations. And like, and how many? And how, how many abandoned barns do you pass yeah, on the exactly. way? Like, <laughs> like, tons like, of abandoned barns, <laughs> creepy like. Ill where we would absolutely bars. find a dead hobo. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. That's it. It's, 
you'd easily be able to be it's like writing hey. itself as you go. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. You mind shutting down the bar for a few hours? <laughs> right. Sure. Here's they'd 20 be happy bucks. to do it. <laughs> you know. We'll also, we'll be drinking while we're here, so that's no problem. Did you have like a, a big uh, fandom of, of or like a, a big appreciation for horror films leading into this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I did it for two reasons. I did it because I'd done sort of like I'd done festivals with like genre pictures in the past, and I'd realized that there is like an entire industry that's just devoted to genre films, mm-hmm. and that you have a better chance with a ten thousand dollar horror movie than you'd have with like a ten thousand dollar romantic comedy or right. a ten thousand right, yeah, dollar because, drama. Yeah. Well, there's there's I feel that the horror movie fans have tolerance isn't the right word. I would say like an open mindedness yeah. to low budget. A because willingness be, be, to look be, at things. Because there there are low budget gems in mm-hmm. the like in the in the medium, there's like really small budget films that. If yeah, somebody like, came to me with like a ten thousand dollar like comedy, be like, "Fuck off!" This yeah, be garbage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. But like, I would absolutely watch a ten thousand dollar movie. Right? Because you know that they're gonna, yeah. yeah, they're gonna go for no, the dirt. But, that, but I'm just saying, but like, just right off off the top of my head, you have uh, you have like Paranormal Activity, you have yep. Blair Witch, both yeah. made on shoestring budgets and yep. ended up getting like massive, massive, massive releases. Absolutely. Because absolutely. I think a horror fan has an open an openness to be like, okay, I'm willing to forgive. Maybe some things that are like holding it back production wise. Yeah. Because if you have a cool story to tell and you're like clever with what you're doing, a horror movie fan will be like, I can watch something that maybe is lacking the like exactly. CG polish or whatever that exactly. has yeah. to go along with like a big budget picture. I mean, look, if you're doing a comedy, right, it's all about the performances and then yeah. it's all about like sort of like, you know, just it has to have a certain production level before you'll take it seriously. Yeah. But if it's a horror movie, oh shit, yeah, it can be like one guy chasing another guy with a knife for 20 minutes. And if it like looks like you might stab him in the throat, you're gonna watch that for 20 minutes, and yeah. Then, yeah. So, so did Scars eventually make it onto the festival circuit? Yeah, we did festivals uh, through the states, um, and that was sort of eventually we we made connections, you know, with other filmmakers, and that's what led us to our distributor. You get some distribution, yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, yeah, and and you know, but I mean, it's you're never gonna make unless unless you hit upon that one in a billion that gets your you know your paranormal yeah. Blair yeah, Witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> other than that, you're never gonna make a shit ton of money. But well, the that's, idea that's, was that's always, the other thing too. Is that un- unfortunately the flip side of that is you'll have a built-in audience of the yeah. horror, but there's also a ceiling. Yeah, <laughs> like you, can, you can probably only take it so far. Yeah, I mean, like even uh, like I remember, uh, what do you call it? The saw, the saw series. Yeah. Like by the time they hit like four or five, they were getting like what basically were limited releases. Mm-hmm. Like, still like they made the money back. They they mm-hmm. they were still make, they were still making money, and that's like that's an established successful thing. But yes, it wasn't franchise. in it wasn't in every theater in the city. Right, like you had to go to theaters because like there's still someone sitting there being like, how many people are actually coming out for horror movies? Right, the horror movie fans will come out, but that's not everybody. Yeah, but, like, but but all things being considered, like by by the time oh they got any, they were, any other franchise by the time they hit that like number they're going five, straight to video, straight to DVD, going, yeah. yeah, straight to DVD or <laughs> straight to three VOD, and all every single one of those films got a theatrical release, yeah, 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 release, yeah, you know, yeah, so no, it's remarkably successful. And I think yeah. there's a new one coming out this year, I believe. Saw Legacy wouldn't shock me, wouldn't shock me at all because it's I like because it's like three, you know three four years have gone by, so it's officially time for reboot. they were they were doing almost yearly, like that was no, they were doing yearly. They were close. They were really close. I don't think there's more than Two years. Yearly. Trust me on they this They were one. yearly? From the time the first one came out, they were churning them out every goddamn year. Because that's, that's a thing that I How found about out that? about the Friday the 13th movies. Right. Is that the first four of them came out back to back to back to back. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, why did this happen? Because like, they wanted them. It was like the drive-ins. Just and a the money like, machine, yeah. And I mean, you watch them and they're, they're all, I, and apparently I think multiple of them are even filmed 
consecutively. Consecutively, yeah, well, concurrently. Yeah. Like it was like the same crew was just sort of like they yeah, were like just rapping. Keep the cameras rolling. And, and, yeah. The, the thing one. is, and what you have to what you have to think about like the Friday the Thirteenth films is that like they started making those like the first one was made essentially as as a cash in on Halloween, right? Yeah. So you, you had like Halloween, which was like such a huge, you know. Successful film and so out of and nowhere too. Kind out of, of nowhere, and then it's like it, it you know reinvigorates that genre. So like so they did if if they're gonna do one cash in movie, why wouldn't they do three four <laughs> cash in movies and like and just until you milk it. My favorite favorite moment, like because I rewatched where, when Freddy vs Jason came out. Yeah. Great I, movie. I, I decided love I love Freddy vs. Jason. Really, really good. Really, really yeah. Tell, I'm like, telling you. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you. Surprisingly <laughs> it pay, good. It pays. It pays. Homage to the films better than the new ones, like okay. better than those yeah. remakes. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, like it hits all the right. And it's also got the like a weird sort of like uh, it's like a hybrid horror Hong Kong hung, uh, kung fu film. Also. Kind of a little bit. Yeah, really? there's a lot. It's, it's, it's strangely. I wouldn't have expected that. Yeah, no, but it is. It's yeah. there. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. But either way, so to get ourselves hyped, me and my roommate at the time yeah. we were big horror fans. We we're like, we're gonna watch them all. <laughs> we're gonna watch all seventeen films. Uh, of, it's not that hard. It's, it's not that arduous se- task. <laughs> it's seventeen movies, man, and some of those Friday the Thirteenth. Three weekends. Like Clear all, three all the Nightmare on all the Nightmare on Elm Streets are more or less watchable. Okay, right? but the, yeah, but the, the, the there's Jason, bad ones. The Jason movies are garbage start to finish. Mm. No, I'd say there's like four. The best one, the best Friday the 13th yeah. film is the one where they do like a carry ripoff and there's like a there's like a little girl character who has psychic, uh, tele- telekinetic, telekinesis abilities. Or yeah, anyway. Or maybe six. But there's that's the only one that's good, and then and then everything <laughs> the else only is only one that's good. Garbage. Like no, even, no, no, even no. the first Space. one. The I remember liking the first one. First one's it's first not one's even that great. First one's no. cool. You know, I don't. I, I maintain been, that even the first one time. isn't that good. First yeah. one's all right. First one's. I like the first one. I like. I like space. I weirdly like. Really. I, I'm just like. I'm David a, Cronenberg's in that one. I'm a huge fan of when like a franchise is like in here, space, and you see the shark. We're sailing right, right over, over top. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Space. I'm like, a, and, on, and, and going on, into yeah. space for like a horror franchise is that you're, yeah. you're just sort of like, and they when you have that concept and you just run with it, you're like Jason's in space. I thought the Michael Bay reboot was pretty good though too. Mm. I thought I, I thought it was all right. I thought I thought the Jason reboot was better than the Freddy reboot. Yes, that ag- agreed because the J- Jason has no real. You see either Sean? No, of I the didn't. new ones because nope. Jason has no. I person- watched the new Halloweens that uh, Rob. Uh, they are. Right. Well, I have a soft spot for I have a soft spot yeah. for those. Like is that I'm, right? I'm a Rob Zombie apologist. Which is like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the first <laughs> one. The second one, that, but <laughs> like yeah, the second one was absolutely. But insanity, I, I but. will tell you why the Friday the Thirteenth worked better than the Nightmare on Elm Street is because. Jason is a mindless killing monster, and all you need is a big guy in a mask, yeah. and you can make it. Yeah. Like, so much of Freddy hinges on Robert England, mm. and then it wasn't Robert wasn't England. Right. So you're like... And it was Jackie Earl, it was Jackie Earl yeah. Haley, and... But, but then, you know, like, it, it's like a cult of personality of Freddy Krueger, so... And it wasn't that they didn't have the comedy, really, like, it didn't have, like, the funny stuff that It was stuff the gritty Freddy reboot. They tried yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 100%. Like, no, serious. Yeah. yeah. Freddy's yeah. funny. Yeah, well... He's a funny child molester who was burned alive. Right. Yeah. No, but it's one of those things where, like, if you go to, like, Batman, whatever, like, right. Joker's at his most terrifying when he's, like, having the most fun. You know? Yeah. Like, like, like the bet, like, the best Joker is like. I mean, that being said, you also don't even necessarily need the idea that the Joker needs to be a terrifying character is is kind of like misconstrued. He's always it's been. Like, it's it's, no, it's that well, he's like, so. No. It's his humanity is so far gone. Like that's what the Joker's about is that mm-hmm. he has no humanity and like it's no, no, not. I still e- like Jack Nicholson Joker. 
Yeah, he, had, I love he, Jack didn't, he didn't have yeah. a lot of humanity, man. Yeah, but he was just Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> Neither does Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack Nicholson in a purple suit yeah, with great big like, shoulder pads. They didn't have to put makeup on him at all. It just would have been fine. I will say my favorite, my favorite Friday the 13th moment, and it's so weird to watch, is in Friday the 13th 3. Yeah. So Jason only puts on his mask in Friday the 13th yes, 3. Which, yeah. So like in Shocking the first, the first movie, his mom is the killer, and he's yeah, not even in it. remember that. In the second one, he has a pillowcase on his head the whole entire really? time. Really? In the beginning of the third one, he has a pillowcase on his head. And he finds the mask But it's on. great because a guy, and it's so weird, a, a, like a, a kid puts on the horror mask, uh, the, the, hockey mask. the hockey mask, and jumps out and scares everybody wearing the hockey mask. But I'm like, but this isn't scary yet. Yeah. I was like, what is he doing? He's <laughs> no, like, I'm a goalie. <laughs> I'm a goalie. You, know? yeah. you know, like, I'm like, that's not no, but scary in, in, yet. In that's only movie, scary. It's only in hindsight. Yeah, when you I was like, like, when I was watching this, I'm like, what is and happening? Also, that one was 3D, and it was in 3D. And it was 3D with, with, with a lot of like a lot. The third of, one was released as a 3D film. A lot of things. And so there's a lot of like. You know, <laughs> this, this is going to translate really well to a podcast, yeah. but there's a lot of yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know the ping pong, but, battle. but it's oh, the ping pong battle, but the, uh, the, the <laughs> broomstick. There was a broomstick. The there was a machete. Bat. There was a machete yeah. that goes right in. Yeah. There's like people who are like, look over there. But I think a kid has a collection of masks in that one. Like I think there's like a kid. No, it's just the prankster guy. Yeah, the prankster guy. Like Jason kills the kid and takes the mask. Yeah, the mask. A, and it's also super weird. Like, I, I want to... One of the many sequels. Give us the premise of Scars. It's about two women who uh, are, are sort of from different sides of the tracks. One, a young street urchin, sort of, you know, living a hard scrabble life, begging for change on the streets. The other, you know, uh, uh, a scotch would be great. A red label, please. Thank you, sir. Uh, the other is a... Uh, very uh, blonde, very sort of well-to-do, but she's, she's blackmailing men. They meet up in an alley over the dead body of a man, and they set off on a killing spree, finding dudes through Craigslist and 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 other sorts of ways, and just and killing men. And it's about these two women, um, yeah, just finding common cause and the idea of like slashing men's throats and stabbing them to death. Where did you come up with the premise in the first place for that? Like, it was an idea that it originally. So I'd wanted to make a horror film for, for like, oh, God, over a decade. The first the first screenwriting gig I ever got was, like, a zombie wrestling movie. And Wait. Yeah. I know. I think I know that. Enter Zombie King? Oh, no, that's not the one I'm thinking of. I'm, I'm thinking of a different A wrestling different zombie, zombie wrestling film. movie. Enter Zombie King. I was hired. Uh, I was working at Naked News. They were looking for a no screenwriter. No shit. You were Naked News? I was the head writer on Naked News. No shit. Yes, I was. <laughs> yes, I was. On both their uh, the TV shows, male and female, and their uh, their pay-per-view. Okay. I was the head writer. Because that wasn't out of Toronto? It was out of Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, I answered an ad in the back of Now Magazine. I was working no as a bike shit. courier. And there was an ad in the back of Now Magazine that said, TV writer wanted. <laughs> so I called the number. That was it. Like, just TV That's writer it. wanted and a phone number. Yeah. I said, fuck yeah, I'm a, I'm a TV writer. Absolutely, I am. So I called. I wasn't, but I, I knew yeah, I could do it. So I called him up. Um, turned out to be Naked News. Came in, and they hired me as a gag writer, writing, like, just, like, punchlines to their That's comedy awesome sketches. Gig. That's an awesome gig. Within a month, they made me the head writer of all their shows. <laughs> so I was doing serious news. Because yeah, the weird thing about naked news is that they're very serious. About you can't their news. write the naked, right? No. Yeah. No. They well, they they want no sexual humor. They want no um, like wink, wink satire. No. So it's like a straight presentation of the, of news. the news, and then Plus a bunch naked. of comedy sketches yeah, and at comedy the end. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was overseeing both of those things. They hired the director to make the zombie wrestling film. Another couple of guys had nothing to do with naked news. Hired him, but they didn't have a script. So they called me into a meeting because he said, oh, I know this guy. He's a writer. He loves wrestling. 
He loves zombies and horror movies. He's the perfect guy to write it. They brought me in. They said, we're going into production uh, in like a month. You know, could you write a script in a month? And I said, absolutely. I said, I can write in four weeks. They said, we need it in three. And uh, so I did. And you know, so yeah, me, I mean, yeah, I would say like yes too. Five hundred bucks. It was it was nothing. But then I got to play one of the wrestlers. There you go. I got introduced to <laughs> cruiserweight. <laughs> yeah, it really was. <laughs> but I got it. Cheers, brother. Thank you. I got introduced to um, like the whole like indie Toronto wrestling scene because okay. those are the guys that we hired this is circle to win. play the wrestlers. Yeah, Sir, like, around what time? It was, this was oh sorry, this was around two thousand. I'm going to say 2002. So this would have been 2003. Ty Dillinger was there. Really? Yeah, he's not in the film, but he was there. Because okay. um, I, I ended up doing wrestling training afterwards to be a ref. Okay. And, uh, cause it was, I could see you as a ref. Uh, you, I, I would have done pretty yeah, good. I'm a you bit kinda, tall. You got, you got a good, no, but you got a good ref look. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, uh, the thing was. It was but a tall, a tall ref, I feel that a tall ref would really put over the big guys. And it'd be fun, mm. it'd be fun to see a tall ref in cruiserweights because it would make them look, <laughs> but it would make them look like smaller and zippier. Smaller. Yeah. You know, like you'd be like, there's no <laughs> They don't like that though. They, they want to feel as though they're the giants. But that's not what the fans want to see. I suppose. I want to see, like the cruiserweights, the smaller they are, you're like, what flippy nonsense are they going to do? I mean, so right, because that's how they, yeah. If you see, if you see like, I don't know. I who else was on the Toronto Indies scene at that point in 2003? Well, it was uh, – so what we did was we hired this – there was a school, a guy named Rob Fuego, and he ran the school. And he uh, he got a role in the film too. Basically, every wrestler that was willing yeah. to come out <laughs> got a role. But they ended up casting a guy named Sin Bodhi who later – I know Sin Bodhi. WWE fame as Kazarni. Kazarni? And Kazarni played the zombie king in our film. Originally, it was supposed to be uh, George Romero, and he dropped out. And so we replaced him with Kazarni. Kazarni had a big TNA career as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, but this was right before all of that. Okay. Uh, great guy, Nick. He's a fantastic dude. We're still buddies. Um, okay. But Sin Bodhi also, he had a big indie run too. Like, like, yep. the, uh, like as Sin Bodhi. He still does. He has, he has his own promotion down in uh, Las Vegas, Freak Show Wrestling. Okay. Yeah, cause, but I see, and I see Kazarni's name floating still like, yeah, yeah, to this day. He yeah. just opened up a school with uh, D'Lo Brown no and uh, Jake the Snake. Because cool. uh, he travels with friend Jake of the all podcast? the time. Las Vegas? Friend of the podcast yeah, friend down in Las Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> did you, you, you met Jake in Las Vegas? I, had, I did not. No. I, have, uh, I have a standing invite to, to, right? to go hang out at Jake's place in Las Vegas. I don't Vegas. know why you're not and, there right now. Because, because I said to my wife, I'm like, we're never taking him up on this. <laughs> that's, that's why. That's why. We're yeah. never going to Las Vegas. <laughs> I'm very happy. They're a great group of dudes. And then after we were done production on the film, um, Rob, uh, the, the trainer that ran the school, said, if you ever want to come out to the school, come on out. I won't charge you a thing. Come on out. And I'm like, you know, and I was, you know, I was, I was always, I was skinny. And at that point, you know, I also had a gut. There was no way I was ever going to be able to do any but wrestling. Reffing. But reffing I could do. That's, that's the look. And so that's what they had me doing. And, uh, and I did that for a few months, only over in the school. But I injured myself so severely that I, I realized it was just How'd not you for yourself? me. I, I, to this spot. Yeah, uh, I, I, the worst I, ref bump in the world. I tore, I tore a whole bunch of muscles in my back just okay. learning how to bump. Right, well, literally just as for for ref spots. Yeah, just you gotta know how to bump. You gotta be able to take the you know. So so they show how to bump. Think about a couple weeks ago that ref who flew out of the ring on the exploding ring bump. Yes, yeah, 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 like yeah. you got you need you to know, know how. To bump. how. Yeah. <laughs> So I hurt myself bumping, but that wasn't the worst. It was it was an afternoon. How old were you at this point, roughly? This was what? This is the early two thousand, so I was a spry young man of probably about twenty nine. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I just I wasn't I wasn't a very healthy guy. I'm, I'm oh. healthier now than I was at the time. Good. Um That's what we could all aspire to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they uh 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 they had me doing um so what they would do is at the end of wrestling class 
And I'm sure I don't know if you've been in a wrestling class and seen how they train. But no, but I've been at, I've been at the very I've 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 been at the very bottom of of like of the of like you know like the indie ladder, yeah. right? Like I've yeah. done like I've done some of the ref stuff and you know like so I've seen yeah. I, what they would do at the end of class is they would take all the wrestlers. And then, and Rob, the coach, would essentially go, look, you two, you two, you two, you two, and the four of you. He said, baby, baby, heel, heel, heel. You're going over, you're going over, you're going over. You got two, ma- two minutes to come up with your match, and then send them off, and they'd have to just work a match at the end of, and then I would referee all those matches. So I get practice refereeing matches that they're calling on the fly. Um, and so they were, they were running, they were running one of those. And so I was doing a bunch of matches in a row. They did a tag team match. I was dropping down to do, like, the false finish, like, two count. Dropped down, landed on, like, both knees, and my left knee just <sighs> shot out behind me in a straight line. And I oh, couldn't. No. The patella popped right out. What? Popped right out. It was sticking out the side of my leg. Gosh. Like a, like a, like a softball. Like, I literally lost my kneecap. It was <laughs> gone. There was no kneecap. But I had a great big softball sticking out the side of my leg. Oh, and I'm lying God. there. And I'm, like, and I'm lying in the middle of the ring, and the match is still, like, continuing. And I'm just like, man, I'm, that ref's I'm holding hard. my leg. And I look up, and there, there's this huge guy, a guy named Flesh, who used to do a bunch of shows in Toronto back around that time. And he was there, and he, he looked like Scott Steiner, just a giant of a man. And he yells, pull yourself out of the ring. Pull yourself. He can see I'm in pain. But they're not going to stop the match because no. show must go on, even though there's not even an audience. It's just like training. Yeah, but you're training to react to those situations. Exactly. So I'm, I'm grabbing the bottom rope and I'm pulling myself like Jesus out of the ring. It's like so saving private Ryan. It must, have looked, my it must have looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm selling the leg like nobody's business. <laughs> and uh, they, you know, they quickly realize that I'm like probably broken my leg. And so they stop what they're doing, pull up my pant leg. And sure enough, my kneecap is sticking all out crazy. Oh. And they call an ambulance. And while we're waiting for the ambulance, I literally just sort of grabbed it with both hands and pulled Trying it to, back into oh, place. No. Yep. Yeah. Not, to, not the worst plan. To this day, it, it, it like worked. Might, might be the worst plan. I, know, I screwed up my shoulder by relocating it myself. So is it's that right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it got the job done. But that was between that and the back so, injury. I suffice was it like, to say you weren't cut out for in-ring out. action. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that my, my place was on the couch critiquing those yes. who are actually capable of doing it. Well, Which we, mean, we'll, we'll have to have Sean over one time and we do a group pay-per-view thing. We can all critique it together. Yeah. If there's one thing I enjoy, it's 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 saying what I don't like about wrestling. Just critique the the, the ref work. Real quick. Yeah. Uh, Before we get to the segment that we usually close the show with five questions. questions. Uh, Where can we find Scars? Scars. Scars is available. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. It's in your Best Buys and Barnes and Nobles. It's in your. It's on Google Play. That's a thing. It's on uh, uh, PlayStation. Uh, we didn't get Netflix, and that's that's you know if we'd gotten Netflix, that would have been the game changer. That yeah. would have. Uh, I feel like know. maybe three years ago you could have gotten Netflix. Yeah, I think they've definitely got a, a you know they're 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 very picky. Yeah, you know? they know no, what like they three, want. Three four years ago you could have gotten Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have, missed, have, uh, have you have you have you? I, and I mean, if this is not something you want to talk about, yeah, just move right past it. But have you guys talked to Shutter? Uh, we uh, have. Um, but not it hasn't worked out yet. The, it's it's funny. No, I mean I I'm I'm, I'm friendly with uh, the fellow who's the curator for, right. for Shutter. Yeah. Um, we approached them. He was very open to it. Our distributor owns the film. Oh, okay. And so. the distributor is interested in selling groups of films as opposed to single films. Right. 
and Shudder is, I guess, interested in acquiring groups of films. I'm out of this conversation entirely, as I guess. No, what I'm trying yeah. to say. I, I, I just but, like as a, as an Indian horror yeah. movie fan. I just I'm a. Do you I, like Shudder? Is it working? It? I have Shudder. You yeah. have it. You got I it. I have it. Is, is it, it cool? good? It's cool. Yeah, like it's very cool. They did they did a you you would have flipped out about this. They had Rob Zombie. Who like curated some playlists? I like how I'm now the biggest Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie, Zombie Mark. <laughs> I was like, yeah. No, but like they had a Rob Zombie curated playlist. <laughs> Volume. They, and they, they. What was this new movie? I haven't even watched it yet. Uh, uh Thirty One. Thirty One. Yeah. Wow. Any, I, mean, I mean, I don't I know. I mean, I don't know what's the new Rob Zombie movie. One. I don't know what is no, it. But so like when oh, when, when Thirty One Rob Zombie Mark at all. Thirty One got released on Shutter. They put all the special features also on Shutter. Yeah. So all the making oh, of, wow. all the vignettes, all yeah. the everything. I really want to see Thirty One. I haven't seen it. And then they have, and then they had like a Rob Zombie curated playlist. Of like movies that inspired Thirty One and stuff, which I mean, like if that you're does sound really, really cool. Yeah, it sounds it's like yeah. it's super cool. <laughs> and the thing is, there's a bit of a, it's a lot more of a revolving door than Netflix. Like right. it's like like if you don't watch something on Shutter, like in a month or two, it'll be gone. Right. So I feel they deal in shorter short term contracts with some of the, and also some real of the hardcore Netflix. fucking horror fans because they know people are watching a shit ton of stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and aren't going to be happy if yeah. the same shit's there. Yeah, like a exactly. Month later. So I was like, and which I mean, I like popping it on and seeing something new almost all the time. Right. You know, and trying you know, to make Shutter happen, it's between uh, the big money guys. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hundred percent my And also, table. and I mean, like, I'll I don't mind paying money for it because I'm like, I feel that. Canada doesn't have enough streaming services. There and I was go. like, the fact that you're like, Canadian horror streaming service, I was like, I'll give it five bucks a month even when I'm not using it. You just got to support it. Like, yeah, exactly. just to make sure these things exist. All right, Walter, you ready to move into brand new... Uh, so, yeah, we did this. We've, been, brand new we've five always questions. done a five-question segment. All right. And, and on this episode, number one, 134, 34, we are introducing... 32. Five new questions. It's a, thir- it's a well, three oh. new questions. Three new questions. So, so this is be the same five questions. Tip. Keep Every time better here. Okay, so it's the three three questions are always the same. Yeah. First three. The last question is the fourth, the fourth question. question is question from our previous guest. All right. And then the fifth question is I will tell you what the fifth question is. All right. What question would you like to ask to our future guest oh. without knowing who it is? So you come oh. up with the fifth question. So we Jeez. recently had a live show at Comedy Works. Uh, massively attended. Massively crowd. attended. Cello yeah. crowd. Um, and we rejuvenated the five questions. The third time we've done this, I think. Yeah. So we, you're the first recipient of the new set. All right. Keith asked okay, me about this. about this. Keith asked me about this segment today, and he's like, do you want to keep the questions we came up with in the live episode? I'm <laughs> right. like, if I could remember the live episode, then I would be better <laughs> informed answer to answer this yeah. question. Yes. All right. Let's what do this. What is your funniest family memory? Oh, God. It's these types of questions? Mm-hmm. This is like first date questions. It's like, no, it's like, sort of like James Lipton is like, what would you say to God? <laughs> if you were to meet... My funniest, Yahweh. my funniest family memory. Funniest family memory. Like funny, haha! I suppose is this what you're what aiming funny, for? Weird, right? Or strange, funny, really, weird. wherever we want to take it. And and, and I'm sorry, we didn't, yeah. again. We should have done a pre-interview and, and found out if you come from a if I come from of, a family of extreme trauma, but right. or or, yeah. or all, I mean whatever or the people you no, no. so the it was people you think, we were people at you think of as family. Yeah, if you come from uh, well, that, I like yeah. Well, when I was living on the streets for a number of right. years, exactly. Yeah, Your the, street family, the hobos took With, me in. You know, the artful dodger, and I guess I mean I don't know if it's really a family memory, but for some reason I, I i don't even know why this story is coming into my head but it's i will tell you that there was that your head, that's the first one that came to my head was that there when i lived i lived in a farm town uh from like five to ten and so we had a we had a separation between our properties the houses that was made out of old barn wood right you know you know when they go and they reclaim old barns yeah, and yeah, yeah. Right? it's like aged wood and it's just, so we had this fence very very simple like you know fence that just divided our properties 
and the beams were always sort of falling out because the nails were all rusted and old yeah. and the wood was very old. So I had gotten this tool set. I'm like seven years old. I'd gotten this child's tool set, okay. and I'd take it upon myself. My brother and I was two years younger fix than me. Slides. Fix the Fix the slides. Yeah, exactly. Sure, yeah. So we took the top one first. We hammered them in with my little toy hammer. These rusty old nails. Very safe. Working on the bottom <laughs> one. The top one falls. Long story short, too late. The nail goes right through my thumb. Oh, uh, no. But the nail was still through the piece of wood, so I had this great big heavy piece of wood <laughs> oh, my God. on top of my hand. And See, the this nail is funny now, but it wasn't then. wasn't then. The nail went right <laughs> through my thumbnail and then came out like the bottom of my thumb. And, and I, I was, and, and, and so I'm lying there, like screaming. I can't even imagine the noise I was making. My mom runs out of the house. Did you hammer I'll, this yourself? Yes. You had done this just, to yourself. Well, no, I, I, I hammered the wood up, but then while working on the bottom one, the top beam fell. Yeah. So it, 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 I obviously hadn't done a good job nailing right. it. So it fell. So it was a heavy piece of wood falling onto my seven-year-old you're now, hand. You're now a writer, not with a, a writer. With a rusty nail going right. In fact, there's still a dent, an indentation in my thumbnail oh. from like. Did it know, go through and through? Went right through my thumb. Oh, my Lord. Like literally through oh. my thumb. My mom hears my screaming, comes running out of the house, sees me now on the ground with a piece of wood on my hand. So she grabs a piece of wood and oh, tries to lift no. it off, not realizing that the nail is both through the wood and through my thumb. So my hand's now doing this, oh. going up and down as my mom tries to yank the wood off. This story is hysterical. And at that very moment, my father arrived home. He was a cop, and so we were shift work, and he just happened to arrive home. As I'm in the driveway, getting dragged around by a piece of getting wood, getting dragged around by a piece of wood with a nail through my thumb, I'm being crucified. The blood is just squirting <laughs> everywhere. You are, you are male Clarice Starling, and this is your science <laughs> this of the is land. My story. Your father was a cop. You were raised in the in a rural back. My father was a cop. He was a good man. He's a good man. He came home and he, they, he ripped the <laughs> two by four out of my thumb. You tell hear me, the screaming? Tell me, Rob, can you still feel the oh. two by four? <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah, I don't know why did that you, comes did, to did mind. Did your dad save the day? Did your dad he did. He, he immediately, and I remember this. I, rem, I mean, like, most of it's a blur, right? And most of it's like, <laughs> just pain. You're just pain I'm just nothing but pain. And just like the memories of having told the story so many times. But I do remember my father sort of like grabbing my forearm, grabbing the wood, and just like, he had the, the peace of mind, if that's the word. He had the, 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 the clarity to be able to just like, to look at a small child and go, I just have to take this nail and just yank it out <laughs> of the thumb. And like, come what may, like, it's, yeah, it's worst be better. Worst. You could, you could live without the Bundled tip of your it thumb, up, like. wrapped, wrapped my hand in a cloth, threw me into the back of the car, wheeled wow. me into town. Throw some whiskey on it or. Yeah. That was a, that was yeah. a great yeah. first answer. That was a great Jesus. question. That, 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 a funny family story. We're keeping that story. We're keeping that 100%. question forever. <laughs> uh, if you could be an actor. Oh. Who would you be? Yeah. And we, when we discussed this on the live episode, this is like, Career and personal life. So do I literally become this person in yeah. a Freaky Friday sense? Like yeah, I, I sure. look in the mirror and I am them? You are them. You've had their career. You've had their, their on-screen and off-screen oh. appearances. And you're like Corey Haim or whatever. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of an easy <laughs> one for me, um, only because I've thought about this a lot. Um, <laughs> Whose life do I want? Yeah, and it would be Justin Timberlake. And I know he's only half an actor. Justin Timberlake as an actor. Interesting, interesting. But, but, but I mean, he, he gets the bonus. He is an actor, <laughs> but then you also get to be Justin Timberlake, the song and dance man. And you also get to walk around in the street and be Justin Timberlake. And, and you just get to be Justin Timberlake. I don't, and, and I mean, I do, obviously we don't know him 
because no. we're not. But he does we can't seem, be privy to the. He the seems to be like, like there's those celebrities who you see do interviews and stuff, and yeah. you're like, you're a jerk. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Justin Timberlake Rex. seems real chill he in all his down interviews. To earth. He's like, a Tennessee boy. Who has a lot of fun. Tennessee? With, is that what yeah, he's a southern kid. Yeah, no has a lot of fun. He does have an accent. Oh, he does. He does. If you listen for it, when he was younger, he definitely had it. Yeah, but he has fun with comedians. He hangs out with Fallon and Andy Samberg and all that stuff. Buddy of Jane Jay Z. Yeah, exactly. Jessica Alba. Yeah. Jessica Alba. Alba? Yeah. yeah no, no, but so he that was, was so, years ago. I no, but yeah. So he's also been with uh, Cameron Diaz. Britney oh, yeah. Spears first. Britney Spears. Wow. Yeah. Jessica Alba. For a while? You're just like yeah. home running Justin Timberlake, yeah. man. Like, you also yeah. have that. Britain, Britney, the JT Britney thing has to be a fake relationship. I for know, sure. they were together. She wrote, no, she wrote that she wrote song like about him. He wrote a song. He wrote Crimey a River about yeah, her. Yeah, he wrote Crimey River. No. Yeah. Yes. Like, where he like sneaks that's in. About that that's about Britney. That's about Britney. And he's like, know that. <laughs> and like, Crimey that's all of like, It's great. So that's a good song. Yeah. It's also it's a, it's a hot, it's a, a hot like, track. It's fresh hot track. I, I would, I would, I like, good I, I'm not even, I'm, I wouldn't even want to be Justin Timberlake just for the sake of answering that question. You're knocking out of the park. If God, if God came to me this afternoon and said, you can carry on as you are, or pick somebody. Oh, Justin I'm, I'm, I'm Justin Timberlake <laughs> by, by, by dinner. Yeah. Good answer. Good. Yeah, without even thinking answer. about it. All right. Question number three. Shoot. If you were a character on a sitcom, mm. what would be your catchphrase? Oh, Lord. You got to have goals. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, not again, Sean. You got to have, have goals. Have goals. So, like, every episode track. you have, like, a new, like, get-rich-quick <laughs> scheme or something. <laughs> Oh, you gotta have goals. Hey, hey. you gotta no, have no, no, no. goals. <laughs> I've been saying, I've been saying, you gotta have goals as my like catchphrase. Rob, you gotta say like Rob Williams. Oh, you gotta have goals. Yeah. Hey, oh, hey. hey, I'm Too sure soon. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't hit upon the delivery. <laughs> like I don't know exactly like the cadence. It's like of a which. mork, you gotta do a mork delivery for sure. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Um, I just, I just imagine like murmur. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, you you like, gotta it's have a living. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's remarkable once you adopt that as. A catchphrase, how frequently it comes up in real life without even trying. <laughs> where you just realize, like, oh, well, you know, that's, that's something uh, to do It's like life. Sean Christ, what are you, drunk at 2 o'clock in the afternoon? You, you gotta, gotta have goals. goals. <laughs> exactly. You can play it any Good number of ways. really killing it. You're just killing the city. Ha- nice. haven't, you, haven't, haven't, you, haven't you had a lot to drink today? <laughs> you gotta have goals. You gotta have goals. Uh, so, Walter, this is a question you authorized. So here's the thing that happens. <laughs> this is good. Oh, Lord. Sometimes, sometimes there's really garbage questions, and I'm like, are you sure you want this to be the question? Yeah. And by, like, the end of the hour. Why, you always, why do you always take, take me for my word? <laughs> why, why are you always Listen, like, you know okay, a question Walter? we came up with, with the geniuses of Mike Carazza and Christopher Medito came up with? Chris Hurt. Who's your favorite Italian Montreal comedian? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and what? I was like, Walter, really? You were like, no, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> why are you? Why are you taking me as a sounding board? Oh God, why are you taking me as a legitimate sounding board? Like we did this. What time did we start the podcast at? What time did we start like that podcast? At? Like we started this at eleven o'clock at night. This is like oh, it's almost midnight. I've been drinking steadily throughout the evening, and, and yet he, somehow your word still has that weight. More than drinking, and he's like, "Is this a good question, Walter? You think this should be?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah do it." I, I think it speaks to the level of credibility that you've, you've literally achieved. the first so, time for I mean, this question. Like, real quick, who, who's your favorite Italian Montreal comedian? Can we do a better? Yeah, I don't know that I have one. I'm going to be honest with you. God damn it. Who's your favorite Italian? You're screwing over yourself. I I don't want to sound anti-Italian. Who's your favorite Italian comedian? My favorite Italian comedian. Who's your favorite comedian? (laughs) (laughs) Who's your favorite comedian and what's your favorite pasta? We'll we'll, we'll merge those two. I like that new uh, Norm MacDonald uh, show a lot. They did a new Netflix special. He has a new Netflix special? He's got a new Netflix special. Norm MacDonald. I just loved it. 
It's uh, that guy is just so Honorary smart Italian, Norm and good. Oh, he's a Canadian. And he's he from was, Montreal. He was, he was Colonel yeah. Sanders briefly. He was. He was. Uh, I, I didn't know he was born in Montreal. Until you want to know? You want to know good a good Norm Macdonald story that Let's I kind of know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so know. the club. So there's the you know there's the club here, yeah. and there's there's the club on uh, Atwater and St. Yeah. Catherine. But they used to like not always be in the same places, and they've been like sort of moved places in like the late '80s, early '90s. The club scene was kind of different. Okay. But the guy, the Ernie Butler, who started the comedy nest, was still alive, and like that was he had like one of the main clubs. And the story goes that that you know uh, Norm Macdonald was like an open micer, a green open micer, coming up in the through the scene, and. <laughs> Fucking uh, the Polytechnic um, oh, no. massacre yeah, yeah. happened. Oh, yep. no. And apparently he started doing, like, material on the Polytechnic thing, Jesus. like, the day after or something, and was banned. Full-out banned from, like, one of the two, like, major English clubs. Wow. And then, and, yeah, you, so. guys, you guys ever been to school? <laughs> yeah, They say, They say I hate Mondays, Oh, yeah, really. well, I can see how that would happen yeah. in the uh, tense political climate of the Oof. time. So, uh, Norm Macdonald is your favorite, Norm Norm my favorite, your favorite Italian, Italian, Italian Canadian, comic, I buy it, I buy it. Yeah. Uh, so, last question is, yeah. what question would you like to ask to a complete stranger, oh, I guess? Because we don't know who our next guest is. Right. Do we? No, we don't. Well, we can make certain presumptions, though, right? That, that they will, wait, they will how's they're the creative person who has done something. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, Ed. I'm sorry. You're a pro. Uh, yeah, exactly. So we make assumptions that they will have something to plug, right? Like, so they will be. Other than that, that could be but, it could be a but, comic. But could we've be had we've had, we've had comedians, musician, musicians, writers, visual person. artists, right. Actors. We've had we've had the gamut. Yeah, pro wrestlers. We have a bunch of pro wrestlers. What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fancy, so it, we had Jake on. We had Mick Foley on. I would I would be Giant very, Tiger. Giant Tiger. I, oh, there you go. We've had uh, Giant Tiger on a lot. We had him on like three, four times. To get him on again soon. Yeah, he's due. He's due. I guess my question would be, I'm always curious. I'm less curious about people's successes than I am about their failures. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm less curious about things that people are proud of than the things that people like to sort of I already like so much where this do. is going. <laughs> so I guess my question would be, like, what is the thing that you did creatively and or professionally this that causes you the greatest shame? <laughs> yeah, that would be my question. podcast. No, what and that, the, that's a legitimate answer. What is the thing you've done professionally? Yeah, creative, yeah, creative endeavor, thing that you've done that, that has caused you, has brought you the greatest amount of sort of you know, like professional shame. Not necessarily like, like you know, personal shame, but where you, you look back on something that you created and you go like, uh, I'm not proud of that. I'm always curious about that. Walter? That's a good question. That's a good question, but like I, I almost feel myself tearing up. Um, <laughs> Dude, you want to take a comedy? I'm scouring. I'm looking. You're, you're scouring? You got nothing, Keith? You got fucking nothing, Keith? <laughs> no, but, but I will say, just say, you, got nothing, has you were divorced something. at 22. You got nothing, Keith? <laughs> <laughs> No, but he said he said creative. I don't give a I shit. Did, I did, I did. Yeah, did yeah I did. No, in life, I've made I tons, real, I I've made tons of like life mistakes. <laughs> like I had like a pretty big drug problem right. and divorced at like twenty two. Divorced at twenty two. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So like life wise, yeah. I, I have that, but I'm like creatively, I'm like, and I'm trying, like, and where I'm said I'm scouring. Yeah, I'm like trying to think of like what sort of creative stuff. I had going on at that time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. to know that it was like, oh, that was a complete right. garbage fest. Okay, so I'll go there. Um, That's right. I, uh, 
I just I just came off this whole little uh, deal where I tried to manage a comedy club for two and a quarter years, mm-hmm. and I mean that didn't end with smiles and laughs. Oh, no. So, uh, so yeah. and I mean and we don't record the podcast there anymore, so that should, that should tell you <laughs> that, tell you that, that should tell you as much as you need to know about how well that went. So gotcha. and, you know, once, once this is done, we could talk about that more. Shout so, out to the current manager, but do you actually did, for, did, you know, did, did no, get, not shout out. We no? just recorded it. We just we were there. We were there two weeks ago with him as a guest. <laughs> edit point. Cut. Edit point. Cut. Edit point. Edit point. Cut. Yeah. It's a brave answer. We weren't there, there brave two weeks ago. It's, it's an interesting place. It's next door. It's kind yeah, of like a Hotel yeah. California situation. Okay. Yeah. Are we pretending that we weren't there two weeks ago? <sighs> no. Well, you know they're programmed to receive. You can check out anytime you want. But you can never leave. You know that whole deal. I will say. I will say that. Um, the most. Do you have, are you going to give us one? By the way. I'm going to answer. You, you yeah, answer sure, your yeah. own question. You're gonna I will say, yeah, I will say it, wasn't, it wasn't a fully creative deal, but I in that in that time period in that time period of the divorce, doing a lot of drugs, I <laughs> I dumped money into a rave that never happened. <laughs> you, whoa! What? <laughs> you, what? It wasn't a lot. You tried to produce a rave, like help people. Like, You're he, such an but, idiot. No, but like, <laughs> it was people who had thrown raves before. I wasn't like a complete dumbass. No, you're I an idiot. I wasn't just like you. You three, yeah. <laughs> let's make a rave. Right, right. It was people who had had rave experience, right. okay. and they were looking. I, I was maybe they wanted a backer. Yeah, and, and it wasn't even a big backer. It was yeah. just like a like a, a bit of some rental equipment and whatever else. Uh-huh. I think I may I may be going for about two hundred fifty three hundred dollars. Oh, that's it. It was that was it. But that's at a that, small mistake at to make. The time, All right? That was a lot of money. Fair enough. Like with uh, going through a divorce. But did it, and cause, a drug did it cause you a certain amount of shame or? Like, yeah, yeah, a lot because bad? I okay so. <laughs> In the in the Montreal rave scene at yeah. the time, I was like a beloved candy child. I oh, was is like, that right? Like I was guest listed on every party. What the fuck's a candy child? Candy, candy. <laughs> candy. Good question. Come on now, candy. Because I'm not googling it. Would you get passed around? Or? Yeah, it sounds Kinda. like it. No, but I said, Whoa, I was okay. friends. <laughs> no, I was like friends with all the promoters, all the DJs. Was guest listed at like every underground party in Montreal. Right. So you got like, passed around. Right, That's yeah. what you say. Yeah. <laughs> Got, got, for lack of a better way cheap, to put it. Cheaper free drugs everywhere. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's like, how they do it. Yeah, no, it's, that's right. And that's it. And was like, and like, it wasn't professional, but like, I still put myself out there. It was like telling everybody, being like, you know, right. I'm throwing a party. Right. And it's going to be amazing. And then it was like a complete. <laughs> did you have enough of a network for that? Or? Oh, yeah, no. Like, big but so, why, so why the rave So why died? didn't it happen? Why the rave died? Why, it, it apparently like, they couldn't book headliners, and then the venue got raided. Who the fuck needs uh, a headliner at a rave? Yeah. People I the, clearly have no understanding. You really of don't. Yeah, just you're outside of the rave. Uh, no, you no, still, no, they still fly people in, man. Like, the fuck out of here. Dude, Absolutely. It's, it's a big deal. Like, exactly. So, like, there was, like, a headliners issue. The the venue got raided, like, the mm. week or two before. It's just a bunch of bad luck. It was, like, a bunch of... It, it could have happened. Right. Like, it was a thing that could have happened. Right. But then it was just, like, we're already in too deep, and we just need to bail on everything, and I never, obviously, saw that money again. All right. But it was, like... But it was like the embarrassment wasn't even the money. The embarrassment was like me telling people that I was involved with this thing and it was going to be the best, and then it just never happened. Yeah. And then everyone's like, "What happened to that thing?" And I'm like, <laughs> "It's almost worse than it like happening and not being very good." Yeah, it just never happened. So like, I all sound I, like you're full I, of shit. I, I inadvertently lied to like hundreds right. of people. Right. Yeah. So Sean, you're uh, professional. It was very embarrassing at the time. Uh, I mean, I write a lot of TV that I'm not particularly proud of just because that's part of the nature of the business, right? You get a job on a show. It's not necessarily the kind of show that you're going to want to watch or talk for seven about. years at a community newspaper. So. Yeah, either way. Yeah, all right. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but I don't really feel embarrassed by any of those because it's work and there's nothing wrong with like good, no, honest right. labor. Yeah, yeah. I will say, though, that about a dozen years ago, I got hired to write 
a romantic comedy that was going to be filmed for like a million dollars in Uruguay. And, uh, and so I was presented with this opportunity to write, write a, a romantic – well, we hadn't even decided it was a romantic comedy. To write a film to be shot in Uruguay. In Uruguay. And Uruguay is the star of the film. Exactly. Yes. And, and that was literally the whole point. There was a guy who wanted to kick in a million bucks just to shoot wow. a co-pro, a Canadian – the very first – Canada, Canada Uruguay co-pro. So I guess Uruguay's like tourism board was going to chip in. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. Met the ambassador, yeah, did the yeah, whole yeah. thing. Absolutely. And so the producer sort of like informs me that, you know, I've got this opportunity and, and you know, because I'd worked with him on other stuff. And, and, and he said, so if we're shooting it in South America, you got two options movie-wise, which in hindsight was an extremely limiting way to start the conversation. <laughs> but what he said was we can either go like Kiss of the Spider Woman or like Raul Julia? Yeah, you yeah. know, like like you know, like like a gay prison William drama. Yeah, yeah, right? Like serious, you know, political, you know, like heavy stuff. Or like blame it on Rio, right? Where it's like bums <laughs> on the beach <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Michael Caine and girls taking off their bikini tops and all that stuff. Mistaken identities and, like and I was like, the- Oh shit, we're doing blame it on Rio. <laughs> <laughs> we're you know this is what I wanna you know, like this so my- who wants the gritty prison drama? Nobody, no, <laughs> no, let's no, <laughs> bikinis on the beach. And so, and so I did. I wrote a film. Um, I wrote a film called 14 Days on Par- in Paradise. Uh, we cast a whole bunch of CBC like TV actors, right? So like, uh, Da Vinci Code, uh, what's his oh, name? Oh no. Da Vinci's Inquest, really? what's his the name? The guy? Yeah, what's his name? Oh fuck. I, yeah, da Vinci's <laughs> I Inquest. I know exactly what you're talking about. Da Vinci. Yeah, da Vinci, da Vinci, Da Vinci. Do you know what show we're talking about? I know the show, I don't it's know the CBC news. show. Oh shit. Yeah, it'll come to me later on, I'll sit up like a bull. Da Vinci. Ah, it's, that guy. It's amazing. Yeah, but he hated me that guy. Anyway, so <laughs> We went. We went to. We went to Uruguay. Did you get any road to Evan Lee cast. <laughs> What's that? Did you get yeah. Road to Evan <laughs> Lee cast? Was, well, we got a guy from Heartland. We got like oh, literally, my like God. literally, like every single person, like Street Legal, um, Heartland, <laughs> Da Vinci's Inquest. Every single one of our main actors came from a big CBC I was, show. I was about to say uh, Traders, but that was a global. That was a global show. That was, that was another. Yeah, CBC we wouldn't. No, we were a bit. You could even have global. We were a bit money. more highbrow than that. Oh, more highbrow. Well, sure. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not okay. global. No. <laughs> uh, so we went to Uruguay, hired some Europe, but here, I mean, so the, the, the good part was I got three months in Uruguay, which was three months, three months, three months shooting schedule. We went down, no, we went down there for budget? like, we went down there for pre-production. Scout. Yeah. We had to scout locations. Yeah. We had to cast local talent. Um, so you just going around giving 50 bucks to people. I didn't pretty let much, okay, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, had an amazing time, discovered this country, which I love and I want to die in. I like, I'd be happy to live in Uruguay. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and, but just the movie, like, to give you a sense, like, I was a bit out of my depth. I was drawing from, like, two sources, like, like Shakespeare comedies, right? Because I wanted to do, like, a French farce slamming doors. So I got, like, Twelfth Night and all this, like, sort of, right. it's all about all the right. banter and the, the witty repartee and all that sort of stuff. So I did that. But then I also bought, like, the box sets of, like, the first three seasons of Three's Company. Because I wanted to do the same kind of, like, slamming doors. And so, anyways, I wrote this thing. We, we, we were shooting it. We were literally two weeks into shooting when one of the lead actors went to, like, the director, and he was like, oh, I just realized this is a comedy. I should be, like, and the director's like, yeah. Like, like hamming it up. Ham it up a little bit How more. How did you really realize that three weeks in? What the fuck? It explained a lot of the choices that had yeah. already been made, dramatically speaking, in terms of performance. Like, it really, like, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, Lord, this is why he seemed like a serial killer for, like, you know, the, 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 the all the, everything that we shot. We were, we were writing stuff on set just to make the leads more likable because, yeah, the performance was so. Some of that's a bit, I mean, we, 
all I know of your work right now yeah. is that you wrote scars. Sure. And you wrote a comedy. Yeah. So was that, was that just like it wasn't your wheelhouse? It wasn't in my like, wheelhouse. I was out of my depth. I was trying to write something that I had no real attachment to or uh, invested with any kind of meaning. And, and ultimately, yeah, it just, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And therefore it wasn't very satisfying. And, and in the end, the picture did, uh, did terribly. It played like a couple of Hispanic film fests. It played a film fest in Uruguay. So you're saying disappeared, hit on the festival circuit is what you're saying. No, it wasn't. It's sleeper, sleeper. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You can't even you can't you can't find it anywhere these days. That doesn't sound like that much of a disaster, actually. Honestly, it was objectively no, but, speaking, but we're saying, like, but, it, but it's not necessarily a disaster. Something you, you're not really proud. proud of. I wasn't proud of it at all, and I also not for nothing. Similar and it what you speak said. To your work. You tell a lot of people. I'm right? doing like, this thing. Everybody knew I was in South America for like half or well, yeah. a quarter of a year. You were right? still you were still in South America for a quarter of a year, which is why I can't complain. Film. Which is just why just when anybody asks you about that time, be like, I was in South America for you, like. And it was a huge hit down there. Huge hit down there. So let's wrap it up here. So let's wrap it up. Uh, so you obviously have scars on yes. all those all those video on demand services platforms. Yep. Uh, do you have anything else you want to plug real quick? What, no, that's go? it. That's, that's all it. I got. So go on to you got plenty more, and this, we'll, this we'll have you on again. There's, there's, there's more, more so cover. Amazon, 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 yeah, uh, Google Play movies. Someone's gonna find someone's gonna find that Uruguay movie man, and it's gonna explode. Yeah, it's it's a matter of time, Walter. It's only a matter of time. What? Oh, you said fourteen days in paradise. Fourteen days in paradise. If anybody has a copy of it, I'd love to see it. <laughs> da Vinci's uh, Da Vinci's Inquest can still be found in uh, Robert, in Richard, syndication Ryan. in syndication on various on Showcase, I believe. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank Sean you to our K. guest Rob, today, Sean K. Rob. So much for coming out. My pleasure. It was a awesome. great time. Good times, great memories. Cheers, Sean. Those sweet, sweet piano tunes you're listening to right now come courtesy of Leland Beckman and Oral Turpitude. Oh, man, that was some great podcasting, wasn't it? Anyhow, be sure, as always, to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, add us on iTunes, buy our stuff, and basically try as hard as you can to make us happy in every single way possible. Uh, of course, be sure to check back every day on 9to5.cc for comics on Wednesdays, podcasts on Thursdays, Scott or Sophie's art on Fridays, and seriously, we'll try as hard as we can to get Zombies and Loathing, Fuck Mondays, and Templars back as soon as we can. Thanks for listening, everyone. 9to5.cc We're not working. Why should you?